Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Bangin' Book Club. Woo, woo, it's woo. the last one of 2016. Oh, it's been such a ride. Insert generic quote about how we can't wait for this year to be over. <laughs> <laughs> so Bangin' Book Club is um, a monthly podcast in which we talk about books about sex and gender. My name's Lucy Moon. I'm Lena Norms. I'm Hannah Whitten. And this month we read How to Build a Girl by Catelyn Moran. Yes, we did. And that was Reader's Choice, may I add. Oh yeah, that was. Thanks guys. Good choice. Good choice. 10 out of 10. Would trust you again. <laughs> In fact, we have trusted you with the whole of the rest of the list. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> most, most of the picks that we've done for 2017 are stuff that I've seen suggested by people. Yeah. yeah. Slash that I've never heard of and would probably never have heard of. <laughs> if it weren't for you guys. So. And speaking of the 2017 Banging Book Club list... It is now live. You can view it on our Goodreads or there'll be a Google Doc link with the list of all of the books that will be linked somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Other admin, Banging Book Club has a Twitter account now. Yeah, we do. So many sex gifts. What was our first tweet, Hannah? Fap, fap, fap. <laughs> I think we're great. So um, that is at Banging Book Club on Twitter. So go follow us. Um, because there'll be loads of sexy gifts, mostly aubergine and water droplet emoji related content. Don't forget the peach. And the peach. We love a good peach. I tend to use two trifles to represent tits. (laughs) Because there's no one piece of fruit or veg that's like tits. You've got peach for bum, cherries for balls. You've got me checking this out now. I want to see the two cherry trifles. Two trifles, boobies. Done. <laughs> yeah. You have to think now, because if I was like um, somebody at Apple that was like, who designs emojis? Who knows? It's not Apple because it's across like all of them, yeah. isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, no, it is. Y- you have to think if I was an emoji designer, I would totally be thinking about which body parts people were going to use what my emojis the, as. What is yeah. the trifle? I found a creme brulee. Yeah, that's that one. The creme brulee. The flan. Yeah, two flans. Boobies. <laughs> I mean, I think this is questionable. Oh, you tweeted it. Lena. <laughs> <laughs> mischief just... absolute mischief <laughs> guys can we get off our phones this is a millennial problem oh, that's <laughs> oh all the dopamine going for your brain every time you check it <laughs> right can we do our initial noise review oh, yeah. of the book oh yeah oh also spoiler alert there's going to be spoilers and um, non spoilery review is on Lucy's YouTube channel trigger warning for like sexual a salty kind of content. I feel like we talked a bit about that as well. And self-harm. Mm. And self-harm and depression. 
Yeah. Yes, and worth mentioning for all those people that tweet me saying, why do you not read the books? I've read half of this one, mm-hmm. and next year I'm going to read all of them because we're having forfeits if I don't. So <laughs> if anyone else doesn't. You say forfeit, that sounds light-hearted. Punishment. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's going to be... If, Pure if, consensual S&M. <laughs> if, if either of us don't finish the book in 2017... There will be a formal punishment. We have yet to decide what that is. Either we'll come up with it or maybe we ask you guys uh, to come like up with the that. Audiences. Mm-hmm. The audiences? The audience will know. Yeah, I think we should get things. you a get get your own back chair that's above <gasps> like a pool of guns. Oh and then God. like oh when God. you're like, oh she's ten pages from the end, crank it up. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have such a fear of that TV show Gunge. Great yeah. show though. Yeah. Oh my One God. day I want to be a parent that would be dropped into that. Like that's my goal. <laughs> they taught me everything I need to know about parenting. <laughs> anyway, anyway, noise reviews. Noise review. Lena, you start. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, I hadn't thought about this. We do this every month, and I'm yeah, I am, and I'm not prepared. Writing. Okay, how to build a girl, Catelyn Moran. I don't prepare them. I just have like um, a catalogue of sex noises in my head at all times. Doesn't it? Okay, mine is woo. That's a good one. Mine is like. Uh, uh, uh. Is that what your orgasm sounds so like? No, that was literally, I was like, <laughs> someone's going to make an orgasm. It needed to be a little bit sexual, but also like, not too sexual. Okay. So that's the like, uh. Because I feel okay. like it's always curtailed by comedy. You can give cool. us the last part of your noise review next month. Because I want to hear the, uh, uh, When you uh, finish uh, the book. <laughs> That's when you finish it. That's how I know that noise review really ends. Yeah. Well, next <laughs> month we're reading Fifty Shades. So oh, yeah. let's hopefully not. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you haven't got your hands on Fifty Shades yet, do it and read along. Or don't. Just listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> how to Build a Girl is a... Uh, a Catamaran's first fiction novel. Um, some people would argue it's YA. Some people wouldn't. That is up to the person, but the, when it was released, there was a lot of arguments over it. Ah, um, because I'm it not does follow—it's a becoming of an age story. Yeah, um, about Joanna who grows up in um, relative working class. She describes it as poverty um, in the eighties. When she's fourteen, fifteen, um, she decides that she doesn't really like who she is, and the kind of strapline is, "I'm, I'm Joanna, and I want to kill myself." Not physically, but metaphorically. And she starts to reinvent herself as this character, Dolly Wilde, and um, miraculously starts writing for a uh, music magazine um, and travels to London a lot writing for them and kind of just does it through sheer gumption. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And starts hanging out with loads of adults at a very, very young age. And it's about her misadventures in London and how she negotiates between Wolverhampton, working class life, and this cool, hip, drug-filled world of London and the music scene in the 80s. Also, she discovers sex. You say 80s, I'm pretty sure it's set like 1990 mm. or 91. Yeah. It's yes. like the early 90s. Sorry, sorry, I did the bad. <laughs> Research. Just like before I was conscious. <laughs> Just before. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's essentially what it's about. Um, there's a lot of themes in the book that we're going to talk about. First of all, sex, because we are the banging book club and we read books and about sex. So, sex mm. in this book. so there's a lot of sex in this book and we're going to talk about the sex and then we're also going to talk about things like class mm-hmm. um, and then also Joanna slash Dolly, the character and the narrative style and Catelyn Moran's language yeah. and all of that good stuff. Yeah, Woo. sounds good. So sex, ladies. 
The amount of sex in this book made me think that lots of other books about coming of age stories and YA need really, more sex. Where is the sex? <laughs> need more sex. Like I'm like, this is an accurate amount of sex in the book. Literally, page one uh, is masturbation. Like yeah. she's masturbating oh, from yeah. page one. And it's not even like I, I didn't have I didn't lose my virginity till I was like nineteen. So I'm not saying that my childhood was filled with sex, but it was definitely filled with talk of sex and yeah. themes of sex and worrying mm. about sex. Oh my god, so and much learning worrying. about sex. And, yeah, like a lot of her thoughts are about sex, and that is way more accurate than. But then the end. amount she thinks about sex, I I like was reading it partly worried, but then also partly like. No, accurate. <laughs> yeah, <you're> like, <laughs> I find that's like a trope in a lot of YA that I used to read was the coming, but maybe also the chick flicks, like the coming of age, I'm still a virgin. Mm. Like it's, yeah. it's generic and cliche because it's kind of true. Like we all yeah. at that age, I think either worry, we all worry about how much sex we either are having or aren't having or, like, what our parents think we should be having, or, you know, mm. that is a part of growing up. And it also makes me think that, like, are a lot of YA authors really patronising? Because I think, you know, like, so for me, if I see two 14-year-olds kissing on the street, I'm like, oh, they're too young to be doing that! <laughs> they're not! <laughs> no. <laughs> like, that's normal. Um, but I think when you're, like, in I was doing a lot of dry bumping when I was 14. <laughs> I can only, only imagine. <laughs> I was doing stuff that cannot be said on podcasts. <laughs> um, I was at Bible camp, guys. <laughs> The book opens with her discovering that, um, like, the really cheap um, toiletry place around the corner from her is selling dildos to teenagers for oh, yeah. 88p, and then you realise they're deodorant bottles. Yeah. <laughs> and she realised that deodorant bottles are perfect dildos. Yeah, she used to use the end of a hairbrush, not the bristly end, obviously. The handle. Oh. And then she upgraded herself to a shoplifted deodorant bottle. Called mum. <laughs> so... She's really sexual from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, she wanks in the bed next to her little brother. That was the only bit that I was I like, was oh, well, that. Her six-year-old, six-year-old brother is in the bed next to her and her older brother is like in the bed, like on the other side of the room mm. to her. But then and there's a whole thing where her brother Chrissy moves out of that room and moves room because he's been kept awake at night from her masturbating. What? Loudly. Oh my yeah. God, where's <laughs> yeah. that in the book? Good Lord, I'm starting yeah. to realise as well, like, I don't know if we can talk about class, class and sex separately, because yeah. they're so intertwined. Yeah. Like that's, they're sh- every that, time I, want, I go to talk about sex, I'm yeah. talking about class, and that's what's really clever about the book, is that, like, her sexual experiences are always public, but that's because there's not enough space for them to have privacy. Yeah. yeah. And, like, privacy is, like, a luxury. That's it is like, a luxury. Mm, I realised yeah. from a very young age that I was given privacy by having my own room, mm. and was incredibly grateful for it. That Rowan and I didn't have to share a room. Yeah. Whereas I, all, a lot yeah. of my friends did have to share rooms with I had to share friends. bunk beds with my brother in a really tiny room till I was like 11. Yeah. I <laughs> and then I remember like st- maybe 10, I stormed into my mum and dad and I was like, I'm wearing a bra. <laughs> I need my own room. Oh, wow. I um, shared a room with bunk beds with my sister until I was 10. Yeah. But um, speaking of the family, mm. Chrissy um, is gay. Never like openly mentioned that he's gay, but he's very much. Um, What's the word that Rowan would use? Uh, <laughs> oh, he's not. I don't WWRD. Say, WRD. Not marked. What would Rowan do? Not marked. Symbolized. Symb. No. It's like foreshadowing, or it's like not. It's not foreshadowed. He's just. Fuck. Just heavily What's implied. Right. The... He's like. Not he- there's a word for it that Rowan uses in all her videos when she's talking about LGBT representation. It's like a raised though. No, like what? Chrissy's. No, like, 
because I was going to say, is Chrissy gay? Yeah, like, Chrissy. Can somebody clarify it for I me? think Chrissy is gay. I think that too, but then I was like, maybe I'm just impressing I my don't, At the yeah. end, he's all like, I want to have sex with Robbie Williams. And Johanna's like, oh, this is great. Chrissy's going to take me to the gay clubs and I'm going to have a gay best friend. Yeah. Oh. But then she says to meet a gay best friend. Yeah, but why would she need Chrissy to get into yeah. the gay clubs if he wasn't gay? But then maybe that's her putting her view of Chrissy onto us. Chrissy has... Or he's, not a or he's asexual because he has no sex life. Mm. But he is also, like, living at home in the same But situation. he really wants to know about the sex. Like, when she has sex, it's really cute. I think that's such a cute, like, basically a yeah. brother, brother and sister moment. He, she, he like, finds out that she's had sex. And then they go into this really dark cupboard and he, like, asks her all these embarrassing questions. And then he's like... Okay, let's never speak about this again. <laughs> I think he's more curious about the man, though, and that's why he's asking those questions, maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I think Chrissy is gay. Mm. Um, I would say he is probably gay. Because I, yeah. he's represented that way without mm. it being explicitly said, but yeah. I don't know. Um, but I how... quite like that. If, he, if that character is gay, and that's the way that Catelyn's decided to represent it, I like that okay. way of doing it. I just feel like because everything I feel we're like... hearing is so from, is from Joanna's perspective. Yeah. So she is such yeah. an unreliable narrator on some level. Yeah. Like, but she kind of identifies it. She'll be like, oh, I thought I was really funny with that joke, but no one laughed. You know, so she does, <laughs> she does acknowledge when oh, her yeah. faults In are. those moments, I was like, this is Lena. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I God, think... other people think that no, too. I don't think you see yourself <laughs> in this just, You know when you want to see yourself in a character? I'm like, yeah. oh my God, it's me. <laughs> but like, it is me. It really? Is. I, I do think she's I me. Think... All of my stuff, even the sex stuff, I was like, oh my God, this is me. That's so why can we, can we I, jump ahead with the sex. I was I was reading it thinking because um, I know how much you love the book. Like I like it, but like you, oh have, my god, you this like love it so much. This I know. Is, yeah. And I was reading it. I was like, it's because Lena is this character. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I thought it, but then I also found the character to be a bit of a what an incredible caricature mm. as well. So like, whilst it's amazing the ground that's covered and how it covers taboo subjects and how it covers growing up. It felt like a weird sitcom, mm. but not like a realistic sitcom. Yeah, my life is a weird sitcom. Uh, <laughs> and she's from the Midlands. And she's from the Midlands. Yeah. Um, should we get back to the sex? Yeah. Sorry. Um, back to the sex. So, have we covered masturbation? Do we want to move on to actual? Yeah. So sexy let's... times that when Dolly she moves has. on in her life, she actually starts having actual sex, and this is like a Does huge she move deal. Yeah. Okay. At the end of the book, she moves to London. Oh. Right at the end. But okay. most of the time, she's, like, commuting. Yeah, she's in between the two. Yeah. Um, so the sex that Dolly has mm-hmm. is interesting. <laughs> um, so what I think is most interesting about her sex life is that she mm-hmm. wants to have sex so bad. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really have many romantic aspirations other yeah, than John Kite. Yeah. Which we will talk about John Kite. Mm. But oh. she, she but we'll she's come very, to John Kite. Just say that. She's very sexually driven. There's like mm. no romance. Even with Tony Rich, who she's like, I think he's my boyfriend. I think I'm his girlfriend. She never wants that. She, she just wants to know which is which it is. Yeah. She <laughs> like, she's not like Yeah, it's it's interesting. But with her the the sex that's motivating her, it's because she wants to have all of these experiences. She wants, in her words, be legendary. 
Do you think that um, she's a bit immature? Oh, from that. Yes, so immature. Because that's yeah, all the way through the book, I get the feeling. Sex for her is like a conquest. Yeah, she's like, if I have sex, I'm more valuable as a person, and if I'm good at sex, then I'll be like this legendary sex adventurer lady person. But then the sex that she's having is like kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. But then it's also interesting because think... she's immature, but you realise as the book goes on that she's just quite, like, she's doing it in a way you don't expect because it's quite, um, like, what's perceived a masculine way to behave. Mm-hmm. And at mm-hmm. the end, so at the end, like, she, she has this revelation where she's like, I'm not your conquest, you're my conquest. I'm, like, yeah. I'm the one who caught you. Like, I'm, like, I'm not, I'm not naughty or dirty for having sex with you. You're dirty for having sex with me. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. like, gets really indignant about it. And it's like that power thing of just being like she wants to be the person to in control and yeah. Well, that's even more explicitly played out when she like introduces like a bit of S and M with Tony. <laughs> she and... introduces S and M. Yeah, and then she's like, yeah. well, I always thought I would be like... the S. <laughs> yeah, she's like she thinks in her head what ha- what happens is she introduses it and then Tony well, basically S and M in this instance. So um, pain. So the. In this, well, like spanking and like choking. There's a bit of spanking, but uh, mostly like c- the hot candle wax thing. Oh wow! And so that feels very nineties. In her, <laughs> oh no, it's on the rise. Everyone's doing it now. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Learning so much. It's coming back. Um, but in her head, the way that she says that she imagined it was her inflicting pain on him. Mm. But then Ooh. the reality of what happens is, is that he's like, oh yeah, sure, we can do that, and then she becomes the submissive and yeah. he is doing it to her and she's like oh okay I guess I can roll with this even though in her head but she's she... always like I've always imagined that I would be yeah the sadist and yeah yeah it's interesting yeah. um yeah that's yeah, really interesting because no one ever really discusses submissive and dominant yeah. sex particularly unless it's in the context of mildly abusive stuff mm. I feel so it's quite nice to have it discussed yeah this wasn't necessarily subdom stuff. It was the sadomasochist. Yeah. Um, I always get confused. Yeah. We'll learn more about it in Fifty Shades, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No. It's, it's coming. Because I just assume that, like, she'd be submissive because she didn't know what she was doing. And... No, she's so um, forward. She, like, it's mm. like, I want to have sex with you and I'm going to have sex with you. And um, That's really cool. She's very... You, you never... You never get the sense that she's um, not wanting the sex that she's having. But you do get a sense of, like, she's searching for something and she thinks that she'll be happy if she has all of this sex, but that's not ultimately what she needs. Yeah. yeah. Like, she wants it, but she doesn't... I don't know, but it's like, one of those... what I appreciated about it when I first read it was that, like, there weren't that many bad implications of her having sex. Like, I think a lot of the time it's, like, a lot of... <laughs> Bless you, Lucy. Go on, start um, that again. Start that again. Oh, it's fine. Um, what what like really released me from like I don't know something that I had in, locked inside my brain when I first read it was this idea that like it wasn't that bad when she had casual sex because I think a lot of like women are in these books and they have casual sex and then like they're bad punished happens. for it in some way yeah. like they're emotionally damaged or like they realise that it was this awful thing they've done in their lives and they yeah. just shut that chapter and move on and for her it's just more like part of the journey she's having yeah. this like casual sex that's like I'm a lady sex adventurer and like it doesn't damage her that much there are parts of it that are really negative and then you realise later that it's like it is 
not the most ideal way for her to be having sex, but it's also just so light-hearted. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Big Cock Owl? <laughs> Did you read Big Cock Owl, Lucy? No. I, so I was... Don't you have a feast ready? <laughs> oh, my God, a feast. Wait. Great word for it. I was on a train from uh, Manchester to London reading the chapter <laughs> on Big Cock Owl with a four-year-old sat opposite me. <laughs> So oh. is, is it meant to turn you on? Or it's supposed oh, to no, be, it's she's like, funny. It's, it's like so an funny. infant's limb. She says it's that big. <laughs> and he's like fold it out on his trousers. Yeah, and, and it's it, it's in two postcodes. <laughs> she's kind of just like, actually, I've got it. Go on, go on, go get on, some out for me. What does she um, say? Two, big cock owl. Anyway. Like, this literally made, like, made me scream out loud. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh... That, I say in a very very friendly voice, is a very large penis. Yes, says Al, quite urgently. Suck it and make it bigger. Ha ha ha. I will do no such thing, you joker. I'm not a lunatic. <laughs> but, what am I, but what am I to do? This is quite a dilemma. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I love how she like, laughs at uh, the idea of making him more erect. I will do no such thing, you joker. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a lunatic. What did she say? How did she describe her? She, this is that in her she head, though. She doesn't say that outside. She doesn't say that out yeah. loud. When she says something like... What what was the first bit you read? Read that first sentence again because there is something That's about that. That's a big cock or something. That I say is a ver- in a very friendly voice. It's a very friendly <laughs> voice. <laughs> That's a very. Big it's cock. a very big penis. That is a very big penis. I can't. Oh and then, my um, gosh. but like, what's and then she gives you a guide as to like how to um, deal with um, having a big dick inside you. It's very useful. Thanks. So the best part of that list of how to deal with the big dick inside you is the idea of her, the the visual image of her on all fours with him like fucking her from behind but her like scooting away (laughs) like so it doesn't go fully in and she like talks about how she basically did like several laps of the bed on all fours (laughs) getting away from during during our 10 minute session i managed to make a whole circuit of the bed on all fours as al ardently pursued me kneeling This should be the best sex award. Um, It's it's so funny. But then the sad thing about this is that she gets cystitis because of the big cock. I'm so scared of getting cystitis. I have never had it. Maybe that means I just haven't had enough sex. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Her cystitis was extreme. I've had cystitis before because sometimes I forget to pee after sex and then I have a bit of a bladder infection afterwards. But, like, what the fuck happened to her? It really I, That is not cystitis. Maybe it's, like, really extreme cystitis because... Well, the it sim- turn into a kidney infection. The symptoms that I have is just, like, needing a wee, like, all of the time and then, like, when you go to pee, just, like, a bit trickles out. And being and then, uncomfortable all the time. And then I just drink loads of water and it goes in a few hours. She's, like, feverish and... In a bath for twelve hours. Well, maybe you just haven't met big big cock owl. <laughs> maybe well, that's not. not does it? Also, I just like to preface what I did previously say with a disclo- with a disclaimer. I understand that lots of people get chronic ST uh, not STIs UTIs. I'm sorry for saying just pee after sex. I know some yeah. of us have smaller tubes. Smaller tubes. Yeah. So if you have oh. a slightly smaller tube, oh you'll God, what if my tubes get worse. My tubes are huge. If you haven't I've never had, had chronic UTIs yet, you're probably good. I got big tubes. Big. Long There's my tubes. next pickup line. <laughs> um. So what I really, really like about this whole section, though, is that she realizes that the best way to deal with the sex and the best way to have fun with it is pretending that she's him. And pretend, she and does that with all of them. It's fucked up. What? Yeah. Fucked up. But like, it was heartbreaking because yeah. I was like, I recognise myself a lot in this. Because she never it, but... like, it's never about her pleasure. But then it's interesting because don't you 
when we read this and we hear about women who only get pleasure from sex through their male partner's pleasure, because mm. it is about like the male gaze, mm. um, that to us is really sad. But then flip it, and I really like men who get turned on by women's pleasure. Like, do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, for sure. But there's a it's level weird, of, isn't it? Everyone's got to be experiencing the pleasure, and it sounds like he's experiencing all the pleasure in this book, he being the general man she's yeah. having sex with, yeah. whereas she is experiencing none of the pleasure. No, she yeah. masturbates like, yeah, after if, he's gone to sleep. So it's it's that's the sad so part sad. of it. If he was trying to pleasure her as well, but she was getting off on the fact that she was pleasuring him, then that's cool. Yeah. But then the other thing that she says is that no one's made her come, but also she won't let any of them go down on her. A lot of them don't offer. Yeah, a lot of them don't offer. <laughs> Which but, I was like, Joanna. But she still says <laughs> that she doesn't want it. Yeah. Which I thought is interesting. Did she say she doesn't want it at all? There's one How bit I remember where she said that she doesn't like, or at that moment she's like, ooh, it's no. It's like not part of the conquest. And yeah. The... But, what, but the bit vulnerability that I, on some yeah, level, isn't it? There's that. But um, despite it being sad that she's not getting like, the best pleasure out of sex. Um, I do like those moments where she says, I'm still the best I've ever had. And like, <laughs> I I am my best lover. Or like the things, the bits like that, which I can relate to, Joanna. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about relating to sex is also bodies and body mm. image because Joanna is uh, self-proclaimed fat. Yeah. And I want to talk about how like that how she sees herself in terms of being mm. fat but also like sex and fatness because like we don't ever see any portrayals of anyone in media books films tv whatever of fat people having sex mm. um unless it's like we're laughing at them and it's like this comedic thing like oh yeah, who would like, be attracted oh, to that girl that i accidentally yeah. had sex with once yeah. ha, 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 hilarious um, i love it so you go I was just going to say that, like, that bit where she's on TV and she looks at herself for the first time and is like, I am really fat. Mm-hmm. That oh, is, like, yeah. heartbreaking because I bet, like, half the women in this country have thought it at the same age at the same time. Yeah. And that was that what was heartbreaking That bit was so heartbreaking for me when she was just like, oh, I'm not beautiful. And I was like, oh, Joanna. Yeah. But that's, like, it's so... Because I think also, like, she says that she, she doesn't have a full-length mirror in the house. Yeah. So she'll never see... Yeah. And I'm like... Does that because she is quite confident in a lot of ways, yeah. And like during sex, she doesn't sound like she's being self conscious, yeah. And I'm like, does that come from just not having considered it very much? And I think she's just really, really has childhood really, yeah. The book is also set before an era of social media Mm. and constantly seeing people's best images online, yeah, yeah. contributes a lot (laughs) to like low self esteem. And also, hardly anyone is attractive at the age of 14, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, we. I don't know, in your young teens, yeah. you are a bit of a mess. I'm peaking yeah. now, guys. I'm yeah, peaking I'm peaking now. now. <laughs> glowed up, glowed up. But there's a definite, like, there's such a sadness in relating to that when you're younger and you, you want to, you have the aspirational, what you think should be happening during puberty, mm. and then you have the reality of, no, this yeah. is what's happening in puberty. I had, again, she basically is me, but I just, my favourite part is, like, I remember this in the first time and, like, thinking about it a lot, is when she, she says, like, I always thought it'd be really hard for me to, like, have sex. Like, how was I going to do it? How was I going to find a man who wanted to have sex with me? I'm a bit chubby. What's going to happen? And then I got into the adult world and I realised that 
any woman could have sex whenever they want. Yeah. All they need to do is go and find a man and kiss him and she can have sex. Like, <laughs> it's like such a simple revelation. It's like women everywhere, if they only knew that they could have sex whenever they wanted to have sex. Yeah. She said like the child was too excited about it and I was like, oh, I think I had that too. I was like, oh my God, like women can just have sex. Yeah. yeah. And I think what's great is that like, um, her being fat, like, it's you only ever see it being brought up when she's, like, on her own. Mm. But her being fat never comes into play in the sex scenes. Yeah. Like, you never see it being, like, a thing that the guy that she's with men- mentions or, like, her in a monologue mm. being worried about. Like, it doesn't play a part in that at all. It's, like, irrelevant. Yeah. And do you reckon her referring to herself as fat, which I know she does at the beginning, I don't know if she continues to, is... Mm. Her perception of herself or her reality because mm. it's a very harsh word that I think you'd use to like I don't know you mm. use to hate yourself well I don't feel like at one point mm. she does give her bra size it's double d no but the back the back size maybe like <gasps> 36 double d or 38 I or some 38 double d so that is mm. like She's the same bra yeah. size. That's me. Oh my god! Really? <laughs> Actually, no, I'm not a D. I'm more like a B. So that's very depressing. But like my yeah. back size is like 36 or 38. We're the same. But yeah. that's so same she's not. Cages, she's not. Um, she's I'm, not a skinny girl. Mm. Yeah. So it's I like think... I don't know how much of it's reality and how much of it is her perception. Because I have no fat on my ribcage at all. Like I can't store fat anywhere in my upper <laughs> body, and yet for some reason I'm like a 32 to a 34 back. I think it depends where your wire <laughs> ends. Like. I don't know. Yeah. If it ends really far forward, then that's bad news. Anyway, I don't know. Um, can I read like the one of the, the parts that was like, yes, I feel this is like something we talk about a lot. Yeah. So when she's trying to decide whether she's in a relationship with Toby, and she's like, Tony. Why? Sorry, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I just want him to be like the tiger from uh, Frosties. Why can't I press a litmus paper to Tony's sweaty brow when we're fucking and see if it turns pink for love or blue for casual fuck? Oh, Why is there no information on this? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, God. yes, imagine if there was. We need to like... I, I need know. one of those. Can I have one of those? Yeah. I need a little <laughs> paper them. for my There'll be like life. ultimate banging book club merch. Litmus <laughs> 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 test for whether you're having casual sex with somebody else. And like our own branded moon cups. Good. Um, so John Kite is her best friend, kind of. Becomes Weird. her best friend. How old is he? 24. 24. Oh, okay. He comes, they write him. Uh, they write like him. this huge old burly man. Yeah. <laughs> she writes him old. Yeah. Um, and Joanna just becomes, like, obsessed with him and, like, mm. in love with him. But then they also, like, it's interesting because the way that it's written, I at first thought that her, like, love for him was, like, super one way. And it was just mm. her. But then she was just like, oh, we write letters back and forth, like, three times yeah, a week. And, and he, like... he writes letters to me and we talk on the phone all the time. And, like, and every time they do see each other, he's, like, so pleased mm. to see her and... But then, we, then we get to this idea of like him treating everybody like that, and she yeah. gets worried. But yeah. then I think it is real. It's just like I do think it's real. He's just a bit of a mess. He's just weird, but he doesn't really like have much of a personality. Mm. I don't what think, do you think he says. Okay, so he says all of these like random statements and profound things, and like ev- the way that he's written in the book. <laughs> so either the way Catelyn writes him, or the way that Johanna is remembering mm. him, or seeing him 
everything that he says is as if he's performing. Mm. And it's like, you're just talking to one person. That's really But then true. isn't that why they say they're like the same person and they're quite similar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she does the same thing, that's true. Yeah, she like the zany pair. There's this amazing description of smoking that I was oh, like... Oh, about the baby dragon. <laughs> yeah, I love it so much. And I came across it and was just like, Caitlin, you did good. Um, where is it? He laughed when he said... when he, he laughed when I said I didn't smoke. I applaud you, Dolly, he said, lighting a fag. I applaud your fucking brightness. The thing is, when you start smoking, you think you've bought a fun baby dragon. You think that you've charmed a fabulous beast as your toy that will impress... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. That's all who see it. And then, 20 years later, you wake up with your lungs full of cinder and shite, the bed on fire, and you realise the dragon grew up and it burned your fucking house down. How I love that good too. is that? That's good, but here's my thing about John Kite, people don't talk like that. Yeah. Except for John fucking Kite, apparently. Exactly. it's so One day I'll find a man who talks like that, Hannah. You'll see. You'll see. You'll yes. see. He'll be your perfect man, Oh, really, seriously, I'm in love with this you, you like John I Kite? I have always fancied John Kite. Of course, because you're Johanna Morrigan. And he is a washed-up rock star, and I know you got a thing for Matty Healy. Yeah, and also like the homeless who, look. I'm into that. Who doesn't have a thing for Matty Healy? Yeah, being but real. the sex thing with John is that so Johanna's like attracted to him as well as like I just want to be around you the whole time. You are my soulmate. Just romantic yeah. language. Platonic soulmate, but also I I'm in love with you. and We're gonna get married. Um, mm-hmm. He kisses her on the lips. And that's kind of like her first kiss, but it's not really a snog. Mm. And then later on, at the, towards the end of the book, when they're drunk, after she's had her whole like breakdown at Tony's, um, she's all like, we should kiss. And then she doesn't remember what happens next. Yeah. And neither does he, because 
Yeah. But they, we assume that they don't kiss and that they don't have sex because... I kind of love yeah. that Lucy doesn't read the whole of the book because yeah, I get, I to, like I get to like experience the emotion. Yeah. And also you get to see like, if anyone who's listening to this hasn't read How to Build a Girl, they can live my emotions yeah. like, at and this point. Well they, well, they don't. Well, you we don't know. think they do. And then when they're talking about it on the phone afterwards, John Kite says like... Um, something about being too young. And then she's like, I'm not too young. And he's like, no, I'm too young. I'm not ready for you. I think he's one of the most noble characters in literature. It's really weird. He doesn't That's like, so he's funny. Like, I not... don't think he's noble. <sighs> I think he's... She's manic to dream girl him. Because yeah. she is too young for him. Yeah. Even if he's not mature but enough. But he seems she's... to be the only man who's actually realised that and doesn't touch her. Yeah. I'd imagine. <laughs> That's true. Tell that Tony a lot that. of the men in here Well, are... Tony's the same age as well. Awful. So she's 17. Hmm. At this point, she's 17. Okay. Mm. She's not a 14-year-old anymore, but still. I'm sure that a lot of... I feel like a lot of the men who are going to be in this book, well, as as have many of the men who've been in it already, but the sexual partners Mm. especially, are idiots. Or treat women badly. Is my guess. Because... I mean, at least least Tony didn't boot her out of the flat when she got cystitis. He went to go and get her... That was Al's. Oh, Al. Big cock Al. Oh, my God. But even, like, I don't know. It's very, like... It's weird. Pre-feminism being something to discuss and mm. um, well as in like she doesn't or like a se- this was there another sexual revolution in which we realised that women's pleasure is like actually of a much higher importance than we've given it not just the sex all the time we're still waiting <laughs> <laughs> I maybe 2017 <laughs> because the fact that we can comfortably talk about it on a podcast and talk mm. about female pleasure like it's a a given as opposed to like like a not a given, but like a... We you I say it's a given, it's still something that I think the three of us have all learnt and are still learning to yeah. feel yeah, like I would it's something say it we deserve. Like and something we can talk about openly now, but I think it's something that I speak for myself, but like I think it's something that we all are, are struggle to like actualise. But also to get to <laughs> where lives, we like, are now as well. It yeah, it's going for a lot of us, even though we all know it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the first time... I ever had like a sexual experience with someone where I had an orgasm and they didn't and that was only just over a year ago and I remember that being wow. a massive deal and I remember like texting some people being like I came and they didn't oh my god the, the first time world. ever yeah. like that that's happened that like they haven't had an orgasm but I have this is amazing like like, that's insane that, that yeah. the first time that ever happened to me was when I was 23 all of my other sexual experiences is either um, me and them, or just them. Mm. It's okay. never only me. So interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. And I didn't feel guilty about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this orgasm is all mine. <laughs> was he pissed or was he fine? No, he's fine. Oh, excellent. I, I feel like, and, and this is me going completely back on what oh. I just said, that would not have happened if he'd been pissed. Yeah. feel like that's a social But do you mean pissed thing. drunk or pissed angry? Oh, I meant pissed off. Oh, I thought you but meant I pissed drunk. Like pissed, but maybe, yeah. Maybe that too. No. Who can say? Who can say? Okay. <coughs> what did you both think about this idea of, like, the working class experiencing things differently to the middle classes? Because she talks about that a lot and she starts to realise that not everybody has her experience. And, like, a lot of her fears stem from that. And she says, the working class do things differently. I can hear it. I can see... Um, we are not wrong. We are not just poor people who have not yet evolved into something else. Mm. Are you people with money? We are something else. 
just as we are. The working class do it differently. We are the next thing. We power popular culture, just as before we powered the Industrial Revolution. The past is theirs, but the future is mine. They're out of time. And it's this idea of, like... I loved that passage. Yeah. Because Catelyn Moran, like, in her journalism, talks a lot about um, journalism not being funded properly, music being funded in a different way, and it meant that a lot of people who are working class can't be in those industries anymore or don't Mm -hmm. have access to them or aren't being mobilised upwards because Mm. of that. And she's like, all of the great journalism and music and art stuff came from that working class yeah like sentiment and that working class thrust and we we, we're not gonna have that we're not having it and like that's shit i i agree with that because reading that and reading that bit and like as someone who is very Mm. much middle class Mm. i was like that makes sense like i'll never understand that and it is different is and and i'm definitely guilty of sometimes thinking that it it is an evolution thing like you go working class and then you earn some more money and then you're middle class like but that's not how it works because yeah. I genuinely like used to think that that was how it worked um but then like someone like Catelyn Moran who was brought up working class but now she very much lives like a middle class life mm. but it would be interesting to see how it, if she identifies still like as working class and feels working class do you know what I mean mm. yeah um, I think but the, the whole culture change. thing I th- I'm like, I can't think, like, yeah. a lot of people that I enjoy consuming content from are all people of maybe similar backgrounds to me. Do you think? Well, the thing about class is that in the past, like, 50 years, the working class has shrunk and shrunk and shrunk, and that's partially to do with uh, the jobs market like completely Mm. changing and affluence increasing in general Mm. I guess that's a horrible way of putting it but um the majority of people in Britain now are middle class like but the middle class is huge huge now yeah completely the range within middle class is massive so in a way I don't know any working class people however I know people who live on council estates and my nana or like my my whole side of the family you know there's like but then what would you class as a working class I grew up in the midlands and I know that a lot of kids at my primary school were poorer than me and I know that I grew up in a kind of weird area but like I still feel very middle class but then it's weird because like I work in like I work in a newspaper right and mm-hmm. apparently my friend was telling me this there's a stats seven percent of people go to private school in the UK 92 percent of everyone who works in newspapers went to private school wow. and I feel that hard like whether those stats are completely accurate like I need to look them up and find the sources. But a lot of people have said similar stats to me. I think it's a Guardian article that kind of sources it. But I'm like, I feel that a lot in my workplace. I feel so working class in my workplace, which is not okay because like I'm definitely very middle class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, no longer about financial stuff. I think that's the transition. Yeah it's, it's, yeah. it's about your location, your cultural values, your um, social value as well. So I read a thing about like the different ways of measuring class and so it was like financial um which included like your job but also like how much money you have in like savings and things like that mm. and family money um then cultural mm. and the cultural thing was interesting because it was like it's not about the type of cultural things that you're mm. interested in but if you are the more upper class you are the more likely you are to be interested in a variety of things mm. so like the opera and football Okay. Yeah. I once read that middle classes pay for experiences, and that experience is is seen as like money can't buy. Yeah. Yeah. And that like. But then the other thing is like the social 
um, thing, which is like, who do you know? So do you have friends yeah. that have certain jobs? As I well? have a confession that I'm like happy to put on the podcast because like, I genuinely believe it. But like I hire a lot of people, like I've hired a lot of people, I've done a lot of interviews. And if people put skiing in their hobbies section, I am automatically like, what the fuck? Who are these people? Like, <laughs> yeah, and like, doesn't mean I don't interview them. It doesn't mean I, 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 mean I try and treat them as fairly as possible. But there's this switch in my head that goes, "How the fuck is skiing a hobby? That's an once in a lifetime experience." <laughs> yeah. Like, I would never go skiing. I could never envision going skiing. Like, I would yeah. never. Like, if my family were going skiing, I'd be like, "What the f- what?" <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense in my head, and like that makes me think there are, like that is true. Like, when we talk about the middle class, like, do we need more names? Because I'm like. Those people, I don't know, it's weird. Yeah. There's such a spectrum. And, and I think everyone perceives it differently. For some reason, like, skiing's a trigger for me. And I'm like, well, now you've No, skiing has <laughs> always been something that... That was like, something that everyone at my all-girls grammar school were in oh. a very affluent area. Everyone went skiing, apart from the people who, like, couldn't afford to. Yeah. It's such a bad thing. Like, if I ran a school, I would literally ban skiing trips. I'd be like, that's Should we talk okay. about the book? Sorry, <laughs> sorry, just <laughs> got off. I was going to say, so, like... So, Johanna's, like, from... Council to state working class Wolverhampton mm. and then she's shagging this guy Tony Rich mm. whose surname is fucking Rich I'm sorry <laughs> like his surname heavy symbolism his Catelyn, surname thanks. is Rich we got that and his parents like they live on this big estate or whatever it is and he went to Harvard yeah um, oh wow and they've got, he's got loads of posh is he a friends no he, he works, works at, the at the magazine so he's also a writer <laughs> um well I find it interesting she has a lot of the same prejudices against posh people that I have <laughs> go on what are they just posh they're just the classic posh twat yeah. thing which is something that I need to sort out because I've like since met a lot of posh people and they've been like Hannah what is your what do you have against posh people and I'm like you're just posh <laughs> I was, and um, I've had to like be like okay <laughs> I was once trained by this woman who's really experienced in publishing and she was like set to train me for a few weeks on some stuff and I, I, I don't know, I'm not loud, but I'm, I don't know, I am a bit gobby, I don't know. My accent is, I think, quite, like, normal, but she obviously, like, picked it up and was like... And then, like, one day she just kept saying stuff and then, like, she, you need to behave a little bit more politely in this kind of company because publishing is very, you know, these are rich people. And I was like, okay. And then um, once she put her hand on my shoulder and she was like, you're not an Olivia, are you? Hey, what does that mean? Oh, my Apparently, God. Apparently, like, posh people are called Olivia. And I'm not an Olivia. But she said it in a nice way. She was uh, like, you're going to do really well because you're not an Olivia. <laughs> I was like, uh, poor Olivia. Sorry to all the Olivias. Wow. I've just um, had a moment of realising every single person I've worked with at an agency who's been, Olivia. like, a middleman, always an Olivia. Olivia. Work with a lot but, um, of she talks at the end about their names and she finds it really interesting and she's like, all oh, their names and, like, lists them. And she's like, these 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 aren't names that will have to be, like, spelled out on a benefits form. Like, these names will be on, like, certificates mm. and these names will be on their graduation scrolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're, like, it's just, like, where your name is used and, like, uh, it kind of, yeah. It was interesting because I don't know where I sit with it, but I, I, it's something that I don't really think about a lot. Yeah. And um, did we talk about the bit of rough earlier no let's talk about it um so the, <laughs> this is kind of like book. obviously where you can't separate sex and class yeah this is where they come at, at head if you will yeah hey <laughs> where um this at, is where the spunk is tony's plan. party and yeah. he's got his posh girlfriend and then there's also johanna mm. and yeah it all just kind of comes to, oh she, she overhears him saying that he she's his bit of rough yeah or his friend says it to him yeah while she's upstairs and then she comes it's really heartbreaking (laughs) and then she kind of but it's great it's like that's the point in the book where I think she like flips and she 
she comes downstairs and she's like gives them this speech and she's like you're not my bit of i'm not your bit of rough you're my bit of posh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not pervy for me to be having sex with you it's great though because but the thing that i then just really start to hate tony rich for is this whole like because johanna's being like a bit dirty, a bit filthy, or, or whatever words they mm. use, because she's, like, bringing S&M into the bedroom, she's clearly letting him do things sexually that maybe he's not done before with other partners. Yeah, and his, and his ex-girlfriend acknowledges that she's yeah. like, oh, he, he must be having sex with you because you're having wild sex, right? And she's like, yeah, we're yeah. really wild. And then Johanna, yeah. like, um, suggests having a threesome and things like that, and so... She is sexually adventurous and confident, but then I think that what happens is is that Tony um, puts her being like a bit dirty or filthy or whatever in bed, and he like puts that together with her working classness That's and like goes, a of her, yeah, like and it's like, stuff. oh, she's poor and she's dirty and she's filthy in bed because she's poor. Like, do yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's that horrible. weird thing. It's and like, like side-showing like... it. And also, like, there's this horrible bit after she says the speech she's where an, she... Like, she's an animal. Like, yeah. kind of... I don't know. Anyway. She has this, like, huge angry outburst. And then she reels herself in again and thinks... And feels embarrassed and is like, Oh, I ruined the party because I talked about class. I'm sorry for talking about class. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they ruined the party by talking about class. But she's... And then she, and yeah. then she storms off and she's like... Social acceptability. I have to go. I'm going to go and have a Marxist cigarette. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, oh, my God. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. I love it. What I was going to say for people who don't live in the UK, we haven't... Class is, like, quite a big thing. And was yeah. quite a big thing for a long time, yeah. especially. Because it divided the political parties. Yeah. yeah it's I a think... significant part of our, like, just social system yeah i tried to explain it to like american people and it's it is just a different thing to explain yeah i think it just operates differently i don't think it's more i don't know it is extreme but it's but as a weird social dynamic of societal structure should we talk about depression yeah oh um i think we should trigger warning this yeah self-harm there's a trigger warning trigger warning for like sexual a salty kind of content. I feel like we talked a bit about that as well. And self-harm. Mm. And self-harm and depression. Okay, so I love this book. There is one part of this book that I hate. Is it the treatment of self-harm? It's the treatment ding, of ding, self-harm. Ding, ding, ding. Lena wins the guessing game. What? Yeah. Catelyn, though. What happens? Okay. So, here's the This thing. is the so, one part that I'm like, I wish that this had been treated a little bit better. So... At the youth charity that I used to work for, mm-hmm. I learned a lot about how to write about and deal with um, sensitive topics in young people. And um, one of the things was when discussing self-harm, because it's something that like um, mm-hmm. we had to talk about, um, something that can be triggering for people that um, do it or used to do it um, is actually describing the act of it and Mm. detailing like what happens Mm. um and so this just something that i learned from working there was just like okay we can talk about it abstractly but never like actually describe it and then in this book it is very much described like Mm. everything and i don't really want to go into detail of exactly what's described but it's like what she does and how it feels and like what happens next like 
physiologically to her body. I was thinking quite differently about like how I, the treatment of it. So I don't, that's one thing that I don't like about it. And then the mm. other thing is that I, I'm not convinced that that character would do that. That's the other thing. Oh no, I'm 100% convinced. Not that oh, I, really? not being like, this is me, I haven't self-harmed, but like, yeah. I, I didn't, I, my, my issue is more like, because I think with the, with the describing it, it's like, what is the role of literature? Is it to be this safe, teaching thing or yeah. is it to represent what's actually happening because when people describe suicide in books like that's the narrative like that's the story yeah. you're, you're supposed to be thinking yourself it, as somebody I else's experience because... and because it's not marketed as YA and it's not shelved as YA quite purposely yeah. I don't know if it owes maybe that's just that. from working for a charity because yeah yeah I think if I was safe. giving this to like under 18s then I would think that it should be treated that way but I'm not convinced that we should leave that I don't know it's weird it's weird so like what literature's for I don't think it's for that yeah, but then, uh, I, and I guess mm. we disagree, but I just, yeah, yeah. I was not convinced that that character mm. would do that. It, it for me, I, because I, this was a reread for me, because I mm. read it last year, and again, I was, it still shocked me. It's still like, where did that come from? Yeah. Where did that come from? I don't understand how she went. Isn't how that what she it's got like? There. I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We're just some girls in a room. Um, my issue is more like the way they treat it afterwards because afterwards she was like, oh, that was a silly thing for me to do. Yeah. God, I'm so, like, crazy. And then, yeah. like, moved on with it. And, like, while that's just one person experience and I'm sure people have had experiences yeah. like that, it's hard because it's the only character we meet in this book to do that. And also we have such little representation of it in literature anyway. Sounds like it kind of like... comes out of the blue. Does it come out of the blue? Kind of. Mm. Kind of, but because she's, she's a narrator, we don't know. She like, kind of spirals, and that's mm. kind of like her lowest point. Mm. But the spiral happens really quick. And then again, like you said, the aftermath of it. So weird. And the way that she was describing it, it was almost like it was an afterthought of all of her sex adventures. Like, look at me, I'm growing up and experiencing things. I've, I've tried cigarettes and alcohol and sex and self-harm tick 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 do you know what i mean like that's but what like, it felt like to me i was like oh what but that oh again is it me <laughs> but i'm like i know that i have done things that i'm like that's what adults do i've got to try it all yeah i've got to like tick those things off i've got to play that part like that and i'm sure that is an experience that people have but it's also yeah i don't know but then the interesting part is, like, afterwards she's like, I use this as a mark to say don't return there. Like, yeah. she looks at it and she's like, that's not where I'm going. Like, I'm not going back there. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's, I don't know. It's saving grace, I think. But then, yeah. Maybe she had to go there to mm. come back up. But no no one has to, like, hit that kind of rock bottom in order to figure shit out, hopefully. I had two things, just quickly. Um, yeah. Enthusiasm versus scepticism, because at the end it's like... She realises that she's been really enthusiastic about Joe, jo, John Kite, and then she's been shamed for that because everyone's like, I think you're a bit too enthusiastic, Joe. And she then, is an enthusiastic character. Yeah, and then she it. turns into a cynical bitch. And then she's like, fine, and then she just hates everybody, and then she kind of comes to this place where she's like, all we have is enthusiasm. Like, yeah. cynicism ruins art, and she reviews, basically she reviews this working class band in this magazine <laughs> really maliciously, and then she realises that she's just... Like burn the bridge that she just crossed. Yeah, <laughs> it's like she she crossed this like rope bridge and then set fire to it because she was uh, like, yeah, mm-hmm. like nobody else will pass here. Like, our cynicism first, and then she realizes that enthusiasm is all she has. I, I, I like, like that it. message a that lot. Is, yeah. I mean, we're both very enthusiastic people. I know. I'm, I'm very enthusiastic. Like, yeah, this book was literally written for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is like, so that must be really nice to identify 
I was saying to someone the other day, all I identify with at the moment is stuff about recovering addicts or oh. addicts, which is like really like, oh. And you always like, you know, whatever you're going through, you see yourself in. Exactly. Yeah. So it must be nice to see yourself in something, in a character like this. Yeah. A complex character. <laughs> whereas I see myself in like Amy Winehouse lyrics. <laughs> Shit, oh, wow. And it's like, oh. God. Come to the Joanna side. It's yeah. Fun. We've Can got I just have like and a and Can I just have a Princess Diaries identification thing again? <laughs> That'd be great. What um, was the final thing? Oh, like, so, like, Joanna's character in general. Because I was thinking, like, how many loud, messy women do we meet as main characters in the books? She's, she's just so loud and so obnoxious. And I think in YA a lot, you meet the bookish, quiet character because they know the people yeah. that will be reading the fucking book is going to be quiet. And like for the me, I'm always like, quiet. who the fuck are these these girls? Like they bore me. Like I yeah. hated the YX, YA section when I was a kid because I was like, I don't want to. Like I'm not this person. And yeah. they crop up again and again. And they're always I got the- bored of how many women stay silent in discussions and stuff. Like mm. I feel like a lot of YA is quiet, shy girl becomes more assertive. Yeah, and then when she's assertive, she's healed. And I'm yeah. like, no, I am assertive and awful <laughs> and messy and, like, embarrassing. And, like, I really like reading characters like that. I think it's, like, Tracy B- Beaker. <laughs> no, like, not Tracy kind Beaker. Of, you know, like, everyone loves Tracy Beaker because she's a twat. <laughs> yeah. She's a loud twat. She definitely has to go on a journey, but the journey isn't from quiet to loud. The journey is from, like, loud to, like, I once found happy. Danny. <laughs> loud to happy, yeah. I once found Danny Harper's Bebo page and I was scarred for life. She was drinking and smoking on it. And Who's I was Danny 12, Harper? The person who plays Tracy Beaker. Uh, I was like, this is awful. Um, yeah, I used to be a bit ninja to play Tracy Beaker though. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say about the character of Joanna. I, I'm only halfway through the book and things have taken a turn, but I find her as a character quite unconvincing by saying it's like mm. a sitcom character. It's not like a... I find... I don't know if this is bad, but I find her intelligence unconvincing. Because of yeah. her age. But I don't know whether... I don't think she I comes just... across intelligent at all. I think she comes across really stupid. No, no, no. But <laughs> like, in, in her choices, it's, she's stupid. But in her in language... Her, in, her... in her pseudo-intellectualism. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she knows oh, about how much she's read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and the how? amount that she's read and, like, whenever she brags about, like, going through certain sections of the library, like Matilda, and... I don't, I don't know. Maybe... Mm. Maybe there are some people that were like that. Uh, yeah. Maybe I need to give 14, 15 year olds benefit of doubt and actually they're more intelligent. Maybe I should have been a better 14 or 15 year old. Yeah. Um, when I went home for Christmas, I filmed a video reading out some of my diaries like you did, Lucy. <gasps> and I can tell you I am not that. That is where me and no. Joanna part ways. I was like, I cannot know. Yeah, exactly. And I'm the instructor says no. But like my brain, I'm going to cough. <coughs> yeah, when I read back my old journals, which are written very similarly in in structure maybe to this Mm. book I am the most melodramatic little shit I am awful I'm like oh when will he love me when will he realise it like it's all about love and hate and trauma and And she's not like that at all but is it because we led quite comfortable teenage lives and she's in a very different position because she Mm. literally thinks that it's entirely her fault that her family's benefits are going to get cut and suddenly they're going to be, like, really poor and not be able to survive. And which like, turns out to be true. Which turns out to be true. Oh, oh really? Oh, yeah. no! It's because she left school, so they got, le- like, oh, didn't, didn't get her benefits. Because, anyway. But her family didn't tell her because they wanted her to follow her dreams. <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. Oh. It's so fucking cute. But oh. um, do you think that maybe being in that 
position and, and living in that kind of family with that kind of poverty would make you grow up a bit I faster. I think you'd still be writing about the same kind of stuff because she's still writing about not having sex yet and trying to... Mm-hmm. But it's the way her language her. is like so much more com- complex. Yeah. But then I, I don't know, I feel like like when Catelyn Rand talks about her life, she seems to have spent like a very big majority of her life in the library. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a scary amount. <laughs> oh, really? So I don't know. I don't know. Who can say? We were going to have a bit of a thing about how much is this autobiographical, but obviously without speculating too much, because that's none of our business. I think from what I've, I've read How to Be a Woman, and it, it is, it's like a little bit autobiographical, mm. yes. Having read extensive, I think I've read everything she's ever written. <laughs> so well, she did I don't usually go out on a limb, guys, and say I'm on authority, but like, um, I would, like, so if you, if you watch the TV programme Raised by Wolves, and if you've read How to Be a Woman, this is like somewhere in between there. I'm like, yeah. I think her parents are probably quite different and her siblings... Their siblings are different. Siblings are different, but like the spirit of it is quite similar. Her career is quite similar. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Cool. Final question, ladies. Would you have sex with this book? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the You're having sex with this with book. <laughs> just because you're having sex with yourself yes <laughs> which we've learned from the book is the best kind of sex yeah yeah um i would have sex with this book but only in the second half of it where johanna is over 16 <laughs> <laughs> oh no you made me sound like illegal because <laughs> you think you are her that's oh yeah that's fine you're that's just having true. sex with yourself yeah, when yeah. you are 14 i'm sure that was an in court i would not have sex with this book i don't think there's a single book from Banging Book Club, I would have had sex with. But you'd be happy if your friend had sex with this book. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, you'd be like, I see what you see in each other. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And I mean, I'd have sex with Callum Moran. So it's like... Okay. But I just, I think I prefer stuff like How to Be a Woman. Mm. In terms of, I like her autobiographical work. In terms of the having sex with this book thing, I think I'm the same. Like, I would have sex with the book if the book was me. The sex that Johanna has with, like, other people is not great. But the sex she's having with herself is great. So, like... Yes, I would like you not have sex. Would we masturbate with this book? Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I'd yeah, I'd masturbate with this book. Maybe <laughs> we created the third category to end 2016. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Woo! Thanks, guys, for listening to the final episode of Bang Your Book Club for 2016. Don't worry, there are going to be more in 2017. So um, we deliberated long and hard. <laughs> sorry, that's um, <laughs> fine. Yeah. We deliberated long and hard, uh, mind the pun. <laughs> Don't excuse it, just mind it. <laughs> mind trip you over. Um, and we took on loads of your suggestions and... Created a fucking yeah, we debated spider for, diagram thing. P- potentially four hours of debating and post-it note moving on my fireplace. Uh, but we made it to 12 books for 2017 and I think Hannah's going to read us out the list. 2017 Bang Book Club reading list. January, Fifty Shades of Grey. February... Nina is not okay. They don't all rhyme. <laughs> March. Qu- quiet kind of thunder. April. Doing it. That's my book, by the way. Just yeah. FYI, pre-order yeah, my yeah, book yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what comes after April? May. May. Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe. Um, <laughs> what's after May? June. June. Okay. June. The game. July. Juliet takes a breath. Oh, did you realise that we put... Juliet in July. Anyway, I didn't realise that. No, I didn't realise that. Oh, that's nice. Anyway. Um, 
August, Gender Games. September, Virgin Suicides. October, Come As You Are. November, Man Up. And December, Carol. Yeah. Ooh! Yeah, 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 yeah. such yeah. a good reading. Yeah, it is so going to be good. Um, also, um, if you've been to our Twitter page, you may notice that the description says... Fortnightly podcast. Yes, that is correct. Sykes, Sykes, Sykes. I breathed in too hard. And <laughs> my throat out. It's like making a podcast with Tiny Tim. <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> so that means that you can expect more content from us. Don't, but don't worry, just one book a month. You only have to read yeah. one book a month. Yeah, we're just going to be yeah. using extra fun on the side. Tidbits. Yeah. Tidbits. Our little bits of rough. Somebody, something <laughs> casual to see at the weekend. Our little bits of rough. Mm-hmm. That means these have to be smooth, surely. Yeah, I'm in a committed relationship with this podcast, and then <laughs> the mini-sodes will be like my bit on the side. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so you don't miss any, and if you want to leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Mm-hmm. If you want to look at the new reading list in more depth, we are going to link that below and tweet it out all the time for the Bang Book Club Twitter account. If you've read How to Build a Girl and you want to share your thoughts on it, then you can tweet us at Banging Book Club. Um, or join the Goodreads group. Mm. Yeah. And Loads of ways you, to get in touch. And if you have any more feedback for us, please leave us a review on iTunes, especially if you liked it. It helps us out a lot. Thanks. Yay. Thank you so much for listening and joining in. And come watch the vid on my channel. Thanks, guys. Bye. Happy, Happy New Year 2017. Woo. Woo. 